Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome to the Solo Cleaning School podcast. I'm excited to talk to you about some fun analogies and parables of sorts. In this episode, count the cost and how to make your business profitable before it starts. But before we do, how about a Funny Papers edition? Your driving matters. Here we go. The kids and I were disinfecting our gear and ready to head into the first office of the day when a large landscaping truck and trailer came huffing into this parking lot. Now, this is a school. It was empty on a Saturday morning, but there was this giant blacktop, and I guess this landscaping truck was coming in. I didn't know what it was doing, but I had my kids. I'm like, kids, watch out. You know, go where it's safe. This landscaping truck came right into the big parking lot and started swerving a big arc around the parking lot. Like, leaving tire tracks at fast speed in the parking lot. I couldn't believe it. This company was obviously in a hurry, probably late to its first client. I thought maybe it was cleaning the school, and I was like, I'm locking the car, I'm waiting until they park. But they didn't. They made a full circle then, went back out the school exit, and pulled across the street into a house. I don't know what happened. Did they miss the house, pulled into the school instead? Don't know. But here's what they didn't count on. They went into a parking lot and did something that made me think poorly of the company. You see, I did see the name of the landscaping company on the side of the truck. So business owners out there, if you're going to put your name on your truck, realize everything you do, including your driving, matters because you will give an image of who you are. Now, they might be the best landscaper in my area, but I will never call them. I will never hire them. I will never recommend them. Now, I'm not going to go so far as to become a detractor and harm their business by telling others not to go with them, but I've thought about calling the owner and talking to them and say, hey, you should know this about your employees. Because I'm sure that business owner doesn't realize it. You know, it's one thing when we're solo, we're trying to guard our image. How about when you're large, multiple trucks or multiple cleaning cars out in the road? Who's in those cars? What are they doing? Are they smoking and throwing out cigarette butts on the ground? People see that. Oh, look at this. Bob's cleaning or peachy cleaning. Oh, I don't want to ever call them. That's gross. You see, your image does matter when you're driving. So the kids and I were just like shaking our heads and they said, wow, dad, that was crazy, huh? I said, yeah, it was crazy. It was even crazier that the people driving the car have no clue that they just hurt their business. This Funny Papers is a perfect setup for the conversation I had with my son Oh, a couple weeks ago, he's 15 and a half, really close to 16, the critical age for driving. So I had my first of, I'm sure, many pep talks slash lectures on his future as a driver. 
So I shared an example from when I was 16. I wanted him to understand that driving costs money. I told him the story. Kenny, I wanted to drive a car, but my mom, when I was 16, she couldn't put me on her policy. Their insurance wouldn't let me. I don't know what the situation was. I had to go on the open market and buy my own, and I was put on the Pennsylvania Assigned Risk Program in 1993 as 16-year-old. Now you know how old I am, so look in school. Okay. And I also bought my car off my mom for $1,300. So I had a bunch of money sunk into the car. I had to pay a down payment for the insurance, and then the monthly payments were staggering to a 16-year-old. Plus, I had other monthly expenses, car insurance, right? Maintenance on the car when it broke, and it was a Ford fix or repair daily. So there was a lot of expenses there, Ford, and gas cost a ton. Now, it was so funny. This is an ultimate irony. Check this out, Kenny, as I told him. I needed this car to get to my job at the mall. But really, I wanted the car to look cool driving to high school. I felt like I was treading water and not going anywhere. Why did I feel this way? Because I was going to school all day with my cool car and then working at night with my cool car. My weekly paycheck after taxes was just enough to pay my car expenses. I was in this ironic situation where I was working just to drive and driving just to go to work. Did you hear me? I was working just to drive and driving just to go to work. There was nothing extra. I could have quit the job and hitched a ride to school for my neighbor and spent my time playing video games or something I wanted to do and it would have been more fun. (laughs) But it did take me a couple years to get over that initial zero profit scenario until I learned how to earn more income as I got some more skills from college and I learned how to have more confidence and stop going for the minimum wage jobs and I got off of the Pennsylvania assigned risk. And when I turned 21, it even went down more. So my insurance went from like close to 2000 a year in 1993. Trust me, I had a few accidents. That was a lot of money. Back down to maybe $1,000. So that was a huge drop. So anyway, I did figure out how to make it such that I would go to work and the money that I got from my job paid for all of my car expenses and I could invest some into my college And I was able to take my new girlfriend on some dates. And I said, hey, Kenny, thank goodness I figured that out because that girlfriend, that's your mom. Kenny really liked this story. But it also got him a little bit down thinking, oh, boy, that's a lot of money to drive a car. Now, I told him, I said, Kenny, you're going to be in good shape. You really are because you're making great money working with me in the cleaning business. You're helping me with editing multiple things in the solo cleaning school you're doing way better at my age, money-wise, than I was. I then told Kenny another example of the same irony relating to moms. The stay-at-home mom wants to earn more income for the family. Kenny understood what I meant by this. She goes out and finds a job. Let's say the job pays her $3,000 per month after tax. She takes the job. She's so excited. We're going to make money, honey. We're bringing money back home for our family. We're going to be in good shape. It sounds great, except for one small, tiny detail. And if you're a mom listening to this show right now, you probably know what I'm going to say. You need to hire a daycare service to watch the kids. You need more maintenance cash and more gas for her car. She needs more money for the lunches and the coffees and the clothes for work. So there are so many moms that are accepting the job before calculating the cost to have the job. 
and many times they are in the same place as the 16-year-old driver. They are literally working for daycare and putting their kids in daycare so they can work. It's ironic, but also very sad. These moms have so much on their plates, and this puts them in a downward spiral and hurts many families. Aside from the zero profit, the mom is also taking your kids out of the home and getting them around other kids in daycare. Kids in daycare are what? Always sick. Did you say that? Yeah, they're always sick. So now, this poor mom's kids are sick, and then the rest of the family gets sick. The mom can't work now, and now the dad can't work, and if he has his own business, he's probably not getting paid because he can't go to work. So now this $3,000 job that you thought was such a blessing is probably put you $1,000 in the hole. This is detrimental to the family big time. My son loved these two stories. He thought they were really interesting and things he could learn from. But if you're listening to this and you're a mom or you've got a 16-year-old son, you're thinking about this for him, this is super depressing. So let me encourage you, and I'm going to break this lesson down and give you powerful words from my hero. His name is Jesus, and here's what he says. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. That's from the book of Luke, chapter 14, verses 28 through 30. Let's apply this count the cost message from Jesus to both scenarios. The 16-year-old driver and the stay-at-home mom must count the cost of the undertaking before embarking on the plan. In my son's case, or in the case of the 16-year-old driver, count the cost of owning a car. It's not just buying one and being on your mom's insurance, young 16-year-olds. How much is it going to cost every month with gas and with maintenance and insurance and tags and taxes, anything that adds up. Figure out what that number is. Look at the money you earn. Do you make at least $100 in a month more than the cost of the car? Why do I say $100? Because if you end your month with $100 more than it costs you, to run the car, you at least have a hundred bucks and you feel good about yourself because now you can take the hundred bucks and at least do a few fun things with your friends while you have your car or save it. I recommend more, but that's the first piece. Count the cost. Make sure you have a car scenario that's going to be less than you make. And by the way, this can help you with car choice. Don't go and get a sports car with high insurance, high gas, high maintenance. Get something more practical. If you make a ton of money, Maybe you can get something more, but you need to evaluate. Count the cost before you embark on the plan. Got it? How about the stay-at-home mom? Look, there are tons of ways to achieve the goal. If the mom would adopt the how-can-I mindset, she might look for other options versus the $3,000 job with daycare. Maybe she can get a $6,000 job. 
which leaves a lot of money left over for the family. That's fine. And if the kids get sick, there's still a net gain that's worthwhile. Because if she walks away with $2,000 or $3,000 left over at the end of the month for the family, it's probably worth it. But the family has to decide what that break-even point is when it's not worth it anymore. But you need to plan this. Don't accept a job until you know the cost. You have to count the cost of the daycare, of the clothing, of the lunch, all the things you will need to get out of your house every single day and the free time to go do the job. I would highly encourage you and highly recommend that you don't get a job until you know what that cost is. Let's say it's $1,000. Great. I would say go get a job for at least 3000 then. If you need 2000 you're going to need more than 3000 in a job. And it doesn't have to be a job. It can be a business. Hey, here's a plug. What about a solo cleaning business? You're listening to this podcast. Maybe this is why you're listening to it. Because you were in this exact same boat. You're trying to find something where you can make enough money to support the family or to help out the family. And maybe you heard me speak somewhere else or you saw a blog. Wow, I could do like Ken and other solo cleaners where I could have a really flexible schedule, make really great profit, part-time. I could even find a babysitter, maybe a family member or a friend, couple days a week, couple hours a day, and I could go and make 2000 3000 a month. It's my own business. There's tax advantages of that. I can keep more of the money. Oh, there's so many pros. And in fact, I have already spoken to this. So if this does interest you, well, Ken, tell me how this works. Give me the secret sauce. How can I do this with a solo cleaning business? Look, I'm not promoting that you do a solo cleaning business on this podcast. I'm just giving you the equipping and the mindset to count the cost before you do anything. But if you do want to go the direction or you're researching or looking into a solo cleaning business, I recommend highly, and it's linked in the show notes, go listen to two of my early podcasts, The Pros of Solo Cleaning and How to Start a Solo Cleaning Business. Those two will help you a ton to get some basic mindset, understanding, strategy, so that you can see if solo cleaning might be the right fit for you. Maybe it's not the $3,000 job. Maybe it's this. And how cool would it be to have your own business with all those advantages? And it's probably something that you already have as a domestic skill from being a stay-at-home mom. You know how to clean. And that's a huge advantage as you get started. So look, if you decide that you do want to start a solo cleaning business, you listen to all my podcasts, and you're still left with questions, you can certainly send me an email at ken at solocleaningschool.com and ask me a question. Or I would encourage you to check out the Solo Cleaning School Elite Membership. The link is in the show notes. It's $50 a month. You'll get full access to my complete ISO model training course, all my tools and templates, live Q&As with me twice a month, Get access to a community of like-minded, growing solo cleaners, many of them moms like you that are doing the same thing. And being a part of that elite membership will definitely help you get a huge head start as you're growing your brand new solo cleaning business to help your family. I hope to see you there and have a great and wonderful day. Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School. 
class is dismissed.